a huge ruling yesterday for First Nations children as the federal court decided against the government's claim that the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal had overreached. This all has to do with something called Jordan's Principle. We wanted to know more about what this decision means, what led to it, how significant it is. So joining us now is Sarah Clark from Clark Child and Family Law. Sarah, thank you for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, can you, so how significant is this ruling yesterday? Oh, this is a complete victory. I I can't stress enough how uh, unbelievably important this decision is, uh, not only to all of the children uh, affected by the decision, but for First Nations rights across the country. This is a, a massive victory. And I know this has something to do with Jordan's principle. What is that? So Jordan's principle is uh, a human rights principle, an equitable principle, a principle of Canadian law that basically says that all First Nations children have the right to access social services uh, that all other Canadian children have the right to access. It's named after Jordan River Anderson of Norway House Cree Nation, uh, who was born in Manitoba with complex medical needs. And it was when it was time for him to leave the hospital, uh, the government of Manitoba and the federal government couldn't agree on who would pay for his in-home care. And so sadly, Jordan stayed in hospital for the entirety of his life, and he passed away when he was five years old, never having the opportunity to leave the hospital. That's terrible. So Jordan, I know it's just it, it, when you and when you talk to kids about Jordan's case, they they really understand right away the unfairness and inequality. If Jordan had been a non-First Nations child, like my son or any other non-First Nations child, he would have received that support right away, and there never would have been a fight, and he never would have had to have remained in hospital. Okay, so that 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 explains it perfectly right there. So just arguing over which level of government was going to pay for this resulted in this poor child staying in hospital. That's exactly right. So we we've been operating under that Jordan's principle for a few years now. So does that does yesterday's ruling then throw that out the window? No. So um what we've been fighting about uh, about Jordan's principle over the last number of years is who gets to decide who is and who is not a First Nations child. So the Human Rights Tribunal ordered that First Nations children are those with Indian Act status or who live on reserve, but the government was not in agreement with the Assembly of First Nations and the First Nations Child and Family Caring Society that First Nations children should also include those who are recognized by their their nations and those who have a parent who may be eligible for Indian Act status. So they were trying to restrict uh, who is and who is not a First Nations child for the purposes of accessing services under Jordan's principle. And the tribunal said that those kids should be able to ask for help. And yesterday's ruling says that, in fact, the tribunal was right and those children have the right to access services under Jordan's principle. Okay, and the federal government had been fighting the fact that the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal had said this, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the other part of yesterday's decision that was also, in my view, a complete victory is that the Human Rights Tribunal had also said that First Nations children who were taken into the child welfare care system under the federal program were entitled to compensation in the amount of $40,000. So that had also been ordered by the Human Rights Tribunal in 2019. The tribunal said, look, these kids have experienced extreme discrimination and harm, and they're entitled to compensation. And the federal government was fighting those children in court with this application for judicial review. 
And yesterday, the federal court said that Canada was wrong, that the tribunal is right, and that these children who have experienced discrimination are entitled to compensation. Okay, so $40,000 for each of those children. Do we know how many children there are who would be eligible for this? We don't know the exact number. We know that it's in the tens of thousands. And also keep in mind, the tribunal said and the federal court also agreed that the parents and the caregiving grandparents are also entitled to that compensation as long as they were not uh, abusing their children or hurting the children that were in their care. So part of what this has all started from was just the underfunding and the discriminatory approach that the federal government was taking to those who were receiving child welfare services through the federal government's program. What the Uh, What the Human Rights Tribunal said back in 2016 was that these kids were never given a chance to stay safely in their homes. The federal government was not funding prevention services in a culturally relevant or non-discriminatory manner. And so that's why a lot of these kids were taken out of their homes. And that's why they're entitled to this money, because they never had a chance, as other Canadian children did, to stay safely in their homes. Will this change things moving forward, Sarah? Like, Does this set up new rules then that have to be followed? So it doesn't change the rules, so to speak. For Jordan's principle, it does broaden uh, the scope of those who can ask for help. Uh, But in terms of how we move forward, we're not done. Uh, The case remains ongoing before the Human Rights Tribunal. There are a lot of different issues uh, that have to be addressed. And we are hoping uh, that our work on the long-term reform of both Jordan's principle and the child welfare program will result not only in stopping the discrimination from going on, because one of the things the federal court said yesterday is that the discrimination is ongoing, so our work is not finished, Uh, but we need to build a system that actually ensures that the discrimination doesn't happen again, that more families and more children will not have to seek recourse through the courts, that in fact will build a program that is equitable, fair, culturally relevant, and ultimately non-discriminatory. So that's really the work that has to go on. In the immediate term, I can say that we are all holding our breaths. We are all hoping that the federal government does not appeal this decision that came down yesterday. Uh, They may. They have 30 days to decide whether or not they will appeal and continue fighting First Nations children in court. But that is the last piece of the puzzle on this part of the case. We have to wait and see what happens. Okay, so the work that needs to be done, like where where does that start? Is that something that the federal government has to say, okay, we're going to change this? Like how do we change that? So one of the amazing things about this case is that there are so many smart people working on this issue. I can't stress that enough. From Dr. Blackstock to those at the Assembly of First Nations and all their partners and supporters across the country, there are very, very smart people working on this problem. And in fact, the federal government has partnered with the AFN and the Caring Society to look at how to fix this problem. And they have been doing some research. There has been an independent research body who's been looking at how to reform the child welfare program and there's been other work being done on how to make sure that Jordan's principle is delivered in a culturally relevant way. That work is ongoing and we're hopeful in the next little while that we will be able to come together and actually present to the Human Rights Tribunal a system and a completely you know, reorganized way of delivering these services to children in a non-discriminatory way. So it remains to be seen whether or not we'll be able to do that on consent, but that work is ongoing and the tribunal has really urged the parties to work together. And so we hope that that will be something that comes up in the next little while. You know, Sarah, this story really gets me because it seems so simple, doesn't it? Child needs services, child gets services, and yet that's not happening if it's a First Nations child. 
You know, I have to say, when I started working on this case in 2007, I wasn't a lawyer. I was a summer student. And I really thought that as long as we could give the government the evidence that this was happening and solutions to fix it, that they would really do the right thing. I honestly, naively believed that. But what has you know, what has been made clear to me over the last number of 14 years that I've worked on this case with, with others like David Taylor and Anne Levesque and all of the lawyers who have worked on this case over the years, that for some reason there's something happening within the federal government that they're not able to put in place solutions. Uh, maybe this case is going to change that. Maybe today being the, you know, the day of national truth and reconciliation, that we're finally starting to realize as a country that we can't treat First Nations children in this way. We have to stop discriminating. We actually have to lift them up and listen to their voices, listen to their families and their communities. So maybe we are turning a page today. I really am hopeful um, that we can take this in a new direction. And yesterday's ruling is at least, at the very least, a step in the right direction. Well, Sarah, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to explain it to us this morning. appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And thanks for, for caring about it and talking about this today. I really appreciate it. Anytime. That is Sarah Clark, Clark Child and Family Law, talking about the ruling that came down yesterday. And it was a big one, as Sarah just explained to us, federal court deciding against the government's claim The government was claiming that the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal had overreached. And the federal court says, no, no, they did not. And you should be abiding by their ruling. Question is, will the federal government appeal? We will continue to follow this.